With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Uh, and when we had opportunities offensively, we took advantage of them. We, we, we had, uh, you know, Trevor Larna going up there, getting a big hit, driving in a run, you know, left on left uh, when we needed that to get something going. You know, J.D. comes up with a big swing, Nelly with a big swing. Uh, there, were, there, were a bu- there were a bunch of uh, moments here where, um, you know, tough spots could go either way, and we came out on top of, of most of them. And, uh, you know, that's going to lead to the results that we got today. It was a very, very nice day, uh, like you said, on top of all of that some very nice defensive work too that of course Rocco Baldelli talking about the twins victory over the Cleveland Indians on Sunday welcome in to the latest edition of talking twins Zolgad Jake DePew as always Declan Goff executive producer and uh Rocco of course right now manager of one of the hottest teams in baseball a team that's on the rebound a team that's coming back (laughs) Josh Donaldson called a players only clubhouse meeting before Sunday's game and then had a pretty damn good game himself and the excitement is palpable and i mean th- for the next month jake depew the twins are playing al central foes and i'd like to start there because i have come to a very important conclusion about the 2021 twins they play in a horse bleep division this division is awful you know i'll dump on the twins too but my god the royals you stink the tigers you stink I just watched Cleveland, and I understand that uh, Savale, uh, Savali, Bieber, and uh, Plezak are out. But right now, they stink. The White Sox are the only halfway decent team. And so, my God, my excitement about baseball when it comes to the uh, 2021 AL Central and Twins might be at an all-time low after the realization, I hate to start off with this, this division is awful. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a really bad division. Uh, the White Sox, I think, are a very good team. But, um, yeah, I mean, this three-way race for third place that Royce has been tweeting a lot about, uh, it's pretty exciting. Boy, it's pretty exciting, right? Are we going to hold off? We're going to hold off those Tigers and, and Royals. You know, it would be fun, though, honestly, if there was promotion and relegation in Major League Baseball. Then the season would actually be exciting. Oh, Phil and I, going back five years, four or five years, have talked about that numerous times. Relegation in pro American pro sports would be great. And I know it's not possible. It would be so much fun. What if the what if the St. Saint Paul Saints, okay? What if they 
won their league, and the Twins dropped out next year. Next year, Target Field's home of a AAA team, and CHS has the big league team. I love that idea. I think it'd be so much fun. Oh, that would be amazing. And it, I mean, it, it really does. I mean, it brings interest for, to fan bases that otherwise have nothing to, to tune in for, 100%. you know? So um, I love, yeah, I love that in European soccer. So unfortunately we don't have that in MLB. So we're just uh, subjected to another, uh, what, three and a half months of. So what do you uh, make of this? I don't make much of it. I mean, it, you know, it was a nice series win, but like you said, the, the, the Cleveland starting pitching was, um, not what we're accustomed to seeing with them. So, you know, I mean, I think we could go through and, and figure out, like, what do the Twins need to do to get back into this by July 30th, the, the trade deadline? Um, but it's so extreme, and they haven't done anything to to demonstrate that they have, you know, a cap- capabilities to go on, like, a huge winning streak that I just – I don't see it as plausible. But if we want to go through it just for fun, mm-hmm. I think it would be something like – uh, take six of the next – so they play the White Sox seven times in the next ten days. They have to probably win, like, six of those uh, and then, you know, combine that by, you know, winning, what, 16 of 20 against the AL Central or whatever the stretch is coming up. Something really, uh, you know, I, th- something that we see every, you know, five to ten years. You know, I mean, it's not like it's not like playing 550 baseball for the rest of the way is going to get them anywhere close to where they need to be. They need to go on a huge run. Um and they've just they haven't demonstrated that they're capable of that to this point. So I, I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Do we, let's just play a hypothetical game because we're so negative all the time as we should be because sure. this team has been a, a disaster, uh, and we yep. and we need to criticize them. Yep. What would it take? G- give me the give me the uh, the scenario that it would take for the Twins to get back in this in your mind. So and and let's expand your statement to say get back in this for the rest of the season because you yeah. because. The Twins can accidentally beat these teams, like like aside from the White Sox. It's that bad. What it would take is to come out of the stretch that I think ends in late July. So they're, they're going to play AL Central teams for essentially next month. What it would take is for the Twins to come out of that stretch and then win something like 15 of 20 against non-AL Central teams. Because I think what I think it's very plausible that they, they get hot and held they can against Kansas City and the Clevelands and the Detroits and then get their ass kicked. So it would take them actually playing unbelievable baseball through the rest of this stretch, including against the White Sox, and then coming out of that and continuing to beat up on teams that are outside of the division. That's what it takes. And I don't think it's possible. I don't think that they have the pitching and my fear is and I don't think Falvey and Levine will will actually give in to this because they certainly didn't back in 2000 I think it was 18 my fear is that this will remove some trade possibilities but I don't think it will um Nelson Cruz needs to be traded Andleton Simmons needs to be traded and, and I mean don't, Nelson Cruz played well well he turns 41 on July 1st he's in the last year of his contract and if you really want to bring him back you can by offering him more than any other team in the winter. But the reality is you need to get something back and he, he's had a great June. So you probably can. Um, but yeah, it would take the twins coming out of this stretch that goes into late July against division opponents, Jake, and continuing to play phenomenal baseball before I would believe anything. I mean, keep in mind too, like these guys lost what two or three at, at home to the Yankees or did, did they get swept mm-hmm. in that series? Um, no, they had the they had that walk off. That's to, right. to win the third. That's game. right. That, that's right. So they lost to. I mean, the Yankees aren't good. They're not that good. They just got swept by the Red Sox, who are surprisingly good. But 
that's the type of that's the type of series that if you really were going to get back in this thing, you probably needed to or in the future need to sweep. Um, so yeah, I'm going to need a lot. I'm going to need a lot more than you beating up on potential fellow um, amateur clubs like the Tigers, the Royals in Cleveland right now is really not good. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. Like, even if they did do really well in this stretch, when you look at their August and September schedule, they haven't played at New York, at Boston, at right. Tampa, exactly. at Toronto, exactly. at I believe Houston. Uh, so, like, their schedule is brutal after this AL Central because it was so, so easy I, when when they were crappy. Mm-hmm. That's that's the amazing thing. I'm sorry to go uh, in, into a, a negative light again, but I will. Those first two months, in, and I think that you at the time brought this up. Those first two months, you should have been running away with the division. Yeah, I mean, there was a point, I tweeted this out as maybe a month ago. There was a point where I believe they had like the worst record in baseball and had played the easiest schedule in baseball. It was something along those lines. Like that shows you how just unbelievably bad they were in the first month and a half of the season. Yep. So, I mean, they, they, they've dug themselves a huge hole. The schedule gets really hard after the, after the all-star break or after the trade deadline. So I, I just really don't see any way out of this except for, you know, some ridiculous winning streak that seems very unlikely. But, I mean, it does have to keep going, right? That, that's the most important yeah, thing to me because yeah. nothing nothing that you do against Detroit, Kansas City, or Cleveland is going to impress me. Like, I'm not going to say, you're back. If they even get remotely within sniffing distance of the White Sox, I'm not impressed until you go outside the division and do exactly what you just said. Go sweep the Yankees in New York, win two of three in Boston, sweep Tampa Bay, because those are the type of things you're going to have to do. And until you do those things, this continues to be a complete bust. And we cannot forget, nor should we, what occurred in April and May, because what occurred then was inexcusable. And there is no way around it. That's the right word. Inexcusable for you to play that poorly against some terrible team. I mean, the Baltimore Orioles beat you. How do the Baltimore Orioles beat? They don't want to beat you. They, they want you to win. That's their whole goal. It has been for like three years. So yeah. I was there. I was there, Judd. I, I know you were. Great in. ballpark. Camden's great. Love Camden, <laughs> but they're awful. I took the train in. I, I covered two games of Baltimore, both brutal losses of the Orioles, and I took the train right back to Boston. <laughs> it was quite a quite a little two game stress. There. I don't blame you. Uh, no, man. This is this is really bad. What would be interesting though is if they want if they did go on a hot streak and they were say three or four out at the trade deadline, knowing that this brutal schedule is upcoming, then what do Falvey and Levine do? I think they probably still sell, which I would actually, which I would praise them for, because I think that'd be the right move, but it would put a lot of, a lot more pressure on them to, to try to salvage this season. But I want that. I want that temptation removed. Just struggle again. I I don't care. Um, Yes. That's the one thing. My biggest concern right now is exactly that. And, And I do think that they would still sell, but I remain on board with moving guys some guys starting right now, Andrelton Simmons. Every day he's on this roster makes me mad. It's unnecessary. Move Polanco back to short. Play our guy Nick Gordon, who's not playing enough again. Like you're mm-hmm. acting. What? What? I don't understand. Rocco, is this? You're acting like Nick Gordon's on a good team. Oh, we can't play him all the time. No, you're a bad team. This is a perfect time to play him. Like, find out. He might be good. I think he is good. Right? So, like, Anderson Simmons, and I know he homered on Sunday, and I don't care. Anderson, and, and you know what? He does make some really, really awesome plays. 
He also makes some plays tougher than he probably should. But, I mean, his awareness on the diamond is outstanding. And and he's the type of guy who probably belongs playing shortstop on a good team, but you're not. Um, And so he's a guy I want removed from the roster because I still think what you're going to get is what you're going to get. I don't think that's going to change. Like, I I don't think you're going to take him up to the deadline and three teams are going to be calling and say, oh, I'll give you this top 10 prospect. That that's not going to occur w- with him. So I don't understand why he's still here. M- move him now, make the changes, and give yourself a chance to see more players. And you've done this at first base. I like that. Give your chance to see more players that you need to see, not redundancies that you don't need to see. Yeah, and as I said last week, the only benefit of playing Simmons is if you think you have a chance of, of being a winning team. Otherwise, it, you know, if they think they're out of it, and I'm sure that they do, um, then why why put him out there and risk injury? You know, like Nick. So Nick Gordon should be playing because he's putting up numbers because we need to see what he can do, and because Simmons' only value to use as a trade chip. So he should be playing two to three times a week to minimize his injury risk. So I don't understand that at all. But what I will say is Nick Gordon has really impressed me more than I even thought he would, and I was higher on him than than most people. But he's gone out there in center field and played like he's been playing it his whole life. Like he tracks balls down in the gap. Uh, he hasn't really made any, you know, he hasn't missed any cutoff men or any, like he really looks good out there. And and if he can turn into a super utility guy, the way I think they're envisioning Royce Lewis to eventually be, um, that, that'll that be a huge asset to them. But I'm with you. Play him right now every day, just like you're doing with Kirilov and Larnick. What they've done with Sano is good. He's a part-time player now. I think that's what he should be. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Simmons and, and Cruz will be gone in the next month and then we won't have to talk about this anymore. But yeah, play him. Let's see what he can do because he's doing great so far. Jay Happ looked pretty good on Sundays. Terrible or been terrible for the most part. Had some good games. Um, do you think that there is value there? Because I mean, clearly, like the shoe, the shoe ain't getting you a thing back. But do do you think that Jay Happ has has shown enough decent starts where you can get a prospect back? I don't mean a good one. I just mean a prospect because there there was a time a couple weeks back where I thought that he was not going to get you a thing back. Yeah. I mean, I, that Cleveland offense is bad, you know, so he, he pitched well against, he pitched well against them, but like, I think he would have to string together what he's got, what, six, maybe six more starts before the the deadline. He's going to have to string together at least, you know, four or five quality starts to get anything back. And then even, you know, the return in that, like, I, don't. I just, what would a team give up for Jay Happ? You know, I mean, he's still owed, you know, at the deadline, he'll still be owed, what, like $3 million or so. He's going to have an ERA, if things go well, of four and a half to five. I mean, maybe you get a, a lottery ticket, you know, low A, rookie league. Um, That's more arm, than I would have predicted like, two weeks ago. Yeah, but he's, you know, if, if he performs based on his track record this year, then you're you're not even going to get that. So, I mean, that's the problem. I, I said this last week, but, like, they've whiffed so badly on these free agents that they can't even flip them. Know. You know, you can't flip Shoemaker. You can't, It's going to be hard to flip Hap. Like, maybe Robles. You can't flip Colome. It's just a terrible situation. I think you can flip Robles. I think you can um, maybe, maybe flip Hap, at least trade him. Shoemaker, untradeable. Colome untradeable column a in short if this was a market that criticized teams more column a in short is one of the biggest free agent busts in twins history because he was not signed to be a nice pitcher he was not signed to oh he's gonna pitch a little bit and he's a little bit older and so yeah it'll be gravy alex column a was signed 
to take a very important role, very important role for what was considered to be very much a contending team. Um, he is one of the biggest free agent busts and misses in Twins history. As far as as far as expectation of what they thought that they were going to get and the reality. And I don't think that's debatable. I really don't. Um, he was supposed to come in here and solidify the back end, the back end of your bullpen. And he not only has not done that, he, for the most part, is unusable if the game has any real consequence. Like, he, I understand that they're trying to work him back in a little bit more now. But, I mean, you think about you think about what he blew, how badly he blew it, and what it meant to this team. And I challenge you, you, you give me a list of free agents the Twins signed as guys, when they were going to be contenders, that's the key thing, that they thought were going to be fixes. And I think that list of the busts, Jake DePew, has to include Colome. Yeah, he's right up there. I mean, I would have to do a, a baseball reference deep dive. Um, Tony Batista comes to mind. You remember Tony Batista in 2006? But didn't they at least uh, replace they, him with a – but they, they got somebody in there to play third base who was coming up, right, at the time? Yeah, like, yeah they, DF, they DFA'd him yeah. in June right before they went on their big run. Yep. I think I think Punto might have been playing. I'd have to double-check that, but I think it might have been might Punto. Be right. um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Colome, he was a, a like you said, he was supposed to be an important part of this team. You know, they had to replace Trevor May and Romo and uh, and Whistler and Clippard, and and he, you know, he was he, he was the guy, right? And we were all excited about it, even though his, his secondary numbers suggested regression was coming. Uh, but he's just completely, completely lost it. And I, <laughs> I mean, his velocity is still there, but it's just like it, you know, his cutter just goes, you know, it's like middle middle every time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we've, we've hit on this so much this season, but like, this is, this is really on the front office. Like, yeah, Rocco's mismanaged some games and obviously some players haven't performed, but, um, with the exception of Cruz, everybody that they brought in has been a total bust. And again, to, not to harp on this too much, but Lamont Wade Jr. and Akil Badu are absolutely tearing it up. And Lamont's uh, back. San Francisco back, called baby. him back up. Those idiots said that those morons sent him down. Like we got done with our show last week and they demoted him. He's playing just fine. What's wrong with the I Giants? They're good. I literally talked about Lamont Wade Jr. for like 10 minutes on the podcast. We ended it. I checked Twitter, and the first thing I saw was that they'd set him down. Um, but yeah, no, he's back up. He had a big home run the other night. He's great. He's he's great. He's a good player. Okay, a Jake DePew game on my prep sheet mm-hmm. here called "Here mm-hmm. or Gone" on August first. Barrios and Buxton. It's your game. You start. Jose Barrios. Here or gone? I think he's going to be gone, Judge. Woo-hoo! I really. I know. Oh, I didn't see I this know. coming. Okay, go. I, I don't think I don't think that's the right decision. I would sign him to an extension. I would sign him to a hundred million dollar extension. I still think these guys have a lot of you could call it hubris, whatever you know, arrogance, whatever about their ability to develop pitching. And I and and their actions have suggested that during their tenure, even though the results haven't been there. So I really think that they're going to swap him for a bunch of minor league arms, and they'll get a big return. Toronto. It, the question is. Yeah, possibly Toronto. The question is, uh, will they correctly evaluate those prospects if they do make that trade, and will they be able to then develop them? And, and I think it's fair to to question both of those right now. But I actually think that he, that he will be traded between now and July thirtieth. And and again, I would sign him to an extension. But 
based on how I think these guys think, I believe they can, they think they can turn Barrios into two or three Barrioses, you know, by getting a bunch of prospects. So I, I, I bet he goes. I'm not super confident on that take, but I think it's higher than 50-50 that he goes. Wow. I mean, I think you might be yeah. right. I think you might be right, but I'll I'll go to what you just said, which is the hubris of believing that they can develop um, young arms that they get in a trade for their one pitcher, who, by the way, they did not draft, to be very clear, uh, and what they've shown so far as development of pitching, which has been very spotty, if not bad, especially compared to what we were told when Falvey came aboard. Oh, boy. I... I become more and more by the day reticent about trading him. But that being said, yeah, this all comes down to what they think. And and they need to have an idea by now privately behind the scenes if he can be signed or not. Because if he tells him he's going to break the bank, it makes way more sense to trade him now. Ooh, I think you might be right. And and if, and if- it, fright, it frightens me because if you're right and they're wrong on who they get back, um, they got nothing. Like what? Right. My eight, I guess. I mean, Pineda's probably gone. So they've got Kenta. That's basically it. And if I'm Jose Barrios, I don't know that I take five years and a hundred million from the twins. I think I can probably get more on the free agent market. He may want to go to a warmer weather city. You know, I mean, he's from Puerto Rico. You know, those guys don't love playing in the cold. I think I don't blame them. Um, and I think he's, he may be, I, he's definitely showing frustration, especially in the playoffs. When he gets hooked early, you know, when it, when Rocco comes, I think this is, I think that's a very important thing. Yeah, and, and that that alone is not enough for him to to turn down a hundred million. But if he thinks he can get more, and you weigh all of those other factors in as well, uh, you know, he, he may just want to play out the string. Uh, and so, if that's the case, then you have to move him. Um, and, and the question becomes, what can they get? And can again, can they develop those guys? So what what would they get? Two arms. I think they- a third one thrown in, sort of? I think they would get an organization's best pitching prospect, unless yeah. that guy is like a top 10 overall prospect. And then I think they'd get a couple of solid, like top 30 organizational guys. Yeah. You know, So I think they would get the equivalent of, in the Twins system, just thinking out loud here, but something like Belzovic, and then maybe like a Blaine Enloe, and like a Cole Sands, something like that. You know, And if they could... If they could actually develop those guys, then it would end up being a good trade. Um, but there's a, a, there's a lot of unknowns. But that's what I think they would get somewhere in that ballpark. I don't. What, what do you guys What do you guys think? Does that sound about right, or am I yeah. way off? No, I I think that they'd get a top pitching prospect. I think they'd probably try and shoot for a secondary pitching prospect and, and then a throw and then a throw in pitching prospect. Yeah, that's where that's exactly. where Toronto is really really interesting if they want to pay that price because they have three horses that could definitely entice the Twins to take them. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not hang up the phone either if one of those guys was on the table. Exactly. And that's where we have to hope, as if you're a Twins fan, that Toronto stays in contention, you know, because if they fall out of contention, oh, they might be right. motivated to make that deal. Absolutely. Um, and I think they're around 500 right now. So, but I agree. I think Toronto's a, a natural landing spot. That, that's what Morosi tweeted out originally, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So one, one of the big time guys did, I believe. So, um, yeah, I, I actually think they're going to move him. I do. Here gone August 1st, Byron Buxton. Here, here. Because he's not going to play much before August 1st. So if you were another team, why would you want to give up a huge haul? And the Twins would ask for a huge haul. Uh, and, and I think he has shown so much in his brief spurts now. I mean, 
he's Willie Mays. He's Willie Mays when he plays right now. Like, uh, and these, these injuries, you know, the hip injury was kind of in line. I know that was a new injury for him, but that has been kind of in line with some of the chronic stuff maybe that he's had, but like the getting hit by a pitch, like he's gotten hit by so many pitches that it, that's have caused him to go out. You know, I mean, he got hit in the head in September by Cincinnati, he got hit in the wrist, I think a couple of years ago yes, too. That him sometime. Yeah. He uh, fouled the ball off his foot. So like, I, I think Buxton and I love Buxton, but I think he is kind of what you get when maybe uh, you're you are a little bit susceptible to injuries as it is because you play so hard and you have a lot of bad luck. I think when you combine those two things, that's what Byron Buxton is right now, and it's just too damn bad because he's an amazing player. Uh, he's got a great work ethic, and I just I really genuinely hope he can put it all together for a season or two and show everybody how good he can be. But as far as the Twins, no, I I don't think they'll trade him because why? You know, he's played what twenty seven games, something like that this year. Yeah. So I, I don't see any team willing to give up, you know, just a boatload of prospects when there's so much uncertainty there. I think if you're the Twins, the reality for you now is you have to let him play out his contract. Unless he was going to sign a very team-friendly contract, which he won't, uh, I think your only option is to hope that he has a great 2022, if there is one, because yep. for all, all we know, there's going to be a lockout uh, but I don't see any way around it. Like, you can't give him, you just can't. You can't right now, in good conscience, right, try and sign him to a big contract. Um, I think I think he's going to walk, and I think the reality is you're going to have to allow him to because what's the answer? The problem is he always gets hurt, and it's fair to say that. He's always hurt. And if you sign him to a significant contract, that's going to stop you from signing other players that you're eventually going to need to sign. And if he's playing 62 games a season, it's not enough. Like, I, I just don't see it's sad because he should, should be the type of guy that you try and sign to an eight year contract or something. Uh, but I don't see a way around, not just saying, hopefully he comes back and can finally have a complete year and play. Take your pick 140 games or something like that. Um, but when you look at the, you know, Last week, we're talking about how great he looks again, right? On Monday, looks fantastic. I mean, oh my gosh, he's put the whole thing together. Now, if he can only stay healthy and what happens, he goes out and gets hit, you know, and breaks his his hand. So I just don't, I don't see any like creative answer to this now because any creative answer would probably be a risk that you can't take for a guy who perpetually can't stay on the field. What's, and what's so amazing about him is he missed like 40 games with the hip injury, came back and didn't miss a beat. I, I mean, he was hitting home runs in AAA. He comes back and hits a home run and a couple, I think a couple extra base hits in Texas. I mean, it wasn't like he needed any at-bats to even pick. I mean, he just literally picked right back up where he, where he left off for the three games that he played. So, so here's a question for you guys. If you're Buxton's agent, what do you advise him to do at this point? Do you advise him to play it out and seek the big contract in free agency? Or do you tell him to take the team-friendly deal to get financial security because of the injury issues? The Meadows at Mystic Lake invites you to play their award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic experience that both beginner and expert golfers will enjoy. The Meadows at Mystic Lake features over 7,000 yards of pristine bent grass fairways, trees and greens surrounded by acres of wildflowers and prairie plants. This oasis, just minutes away from downtown Minneapolis, provides a magical escape to nature. It's never too early to book a tea time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com 
That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee Mdwakatids Who Community. Here's the thing. If he had a good working relationship with the Twins, I might play ball with him. But he doesn't. It's crystal clear he does not. He he was he was trying to play against the M's on that last road trip. They were like, can't play till Texas. He played in Texas, and it was clear that that he could have played at least two or three days before that. Right? Uh, go, go back to the you know thing that we've talked about a thousand times with Byron, but the manipulation of the service time. So I probably tell him, take your chances, take your chances, because. I really believe that if he can play even, again, a fraction of 2022, there's a team that's going to see this skill set and probably pay him. Dex? Yeah, I, I want to keep him, um, but I understand the trepidations from the twin side of being like, we can't really give you a four- or five-year deal if you're only going to play 80 games a season. Um, that being said, I would, I would still try to give him a front load of money on a shorter-term deal, but if I'm his agent... I don't want that. I mean, I want to maximize my client's value for as much as possible. Like that'd be bad business. Most likely that'd be bad business. Um, if you're Buxton's agent. So I, I would like to keep them and I would like to lock them up short term. So it's not a complete albatross of a contract for, for long term, but I don't see any situation where the twins are going to be able to keep this guy. I think you basically are going to get them for one more year and then he's going to probably walk in free agency. Yep. And, and that's where I agree with both of you guys. And that's where the lockout comes into play. I mean, if there is a lockout and he becomes a free agent after that, we might be watching the last at bats of Byron Buston in a twins uniform over the next few months, you know, which is just, it's sad because he's his whole career, man. I, I just, I've talked all about this on the podcast a ton, but I just love, I love the guy. I cheer for the guy because he's got a great attitude. He works his ass off. I can say that, right? Um, yeah, so yeah. Yep. 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 Go right yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Where he works his ass off and he, he, he just deserves, some guys, you just look at them and you say they deserve better than what they've gotten, and and he's one of those guys. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think the Twins will offer him four to five years, but I think someone will. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the Mets or a team like that. Uh, and he'll, how about the Braves go there and have to go home? Could be the Braves. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to look at their outfield. They have Acuna, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and that's another thing, right? Like, does he want to play? You know, he's from the South. Maybe he wants to play for a, a Southern team. Um, but I, I, as far as the service time thing, he strikes me as the type of guy, he's kind of Jordan. Like, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan, but that type of mindset where he holds on to grudges, oh, he yeah. strikes me as maybe that type of guy. I don't, I, I bet he's still really pissed about well, that. Well, he should be. He always oh, yeah, absolutely I'd be pissed. Be. Of course. So would I. Absolutely. I mean, the guy went to AAA, was prepared to come back, should have come back, and they're like, oh, no, just go home. No, I mean, at every turn... They've done what in their what in their thought process is the best for the ball club, but the problem with that is Byron Buxton's not your ordinary. Oh, hey, dude, just do what we tell you, guy. I mean, you've got got to be in their shoes, thinking long term about him as well. So I don't blame them one bit. Um, so Byron Buxton, I believe it came out yesterday on Sunday, is a finalist for the American League All-Star team, which, you know what, with his stats, he should be. He's been fantastic. I I know he's not played a lot, but still, I I mean, when he's on the field, he definitely changes the dynamic of the game. Um, Two things about this, though. One is, DePue, you'll love this one. So pregame on Sunday, on the scoreboard, the Twins are like, Byron Buxton's a finalist. Vote Byron Buxton to the All-Star game, fully knowing he can't play. So one is, like, 
How dumb does that seem? Vote this guy who has no chance of playing to the All-Star game. I found that to be funny. But the the thing that it came, that struck me was, all right, Byron Buxton deserves to be the Twins All-Star. He, like, he deserves that. He was that good. But if he does get voted to the game, I think that he should go and represent the team and, you know, sit in his Twins garb in the dugout. That's fine. He can't play because he's hurt and be replaced by somebody from another team that deserves it way more. This, this to me, is a way to get around the every team has to have their one representative. Well, Byron Buxton is yours. He's just not playing. He can't play. Um, but And I got, and, you know, pe- people are like, well, Brios has been good and Cruz has been good. Yeah, but they haven't been great all year, and this team stinks. So let's get Byron Buxton. Let him go to the All-Star game. He can take his place on the baseline and then get a player who's far more deserving than anyone else on the Twins to that game. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. And I actually think it might be within the rules to allow that. Like, if he, he could be voted in, and that could be their one quote-unquote representative. That's what I don't know, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'd have to replace him with another Twins player, but I'm not I'm not certain of that. But, um, yeah, absolutely, he deserves to go. I, I think it would mean a lot to him. You know, to 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 be there and be recognized and be introduced in front of that crowd, uh, and there's nobody else on the team that's even close to to as deserving as he is. You know, and, and if you look at things like WAR, uh, you know that stat agrees with with that. You know, even though he's only played in you know a third of their games or whatever it is, a little more than that maybe. But uh, so yeah, I'm on board with the Zolgad plan there. Absolutely, get him to the All Star game, have him introduced. Have him wear that hideous. Did you see those? Yeah, what are they? That, that's a good oh, one. What are they yeah, doing? Oh, Declan, Declan, you're young. Your thoughts yeah, yeah, on the yeah. All Star uniforms? I don't oh. ever get bent out of shape over uniforms. I just think there are so many other bleeping things you can get upset about. And if like you have ridiculous jersey takes, like I just, I don't, like seriously, evaluate your priorities. Just evaluate your priorities. I got a lot of them, so yeah. I, I, I just, I, I don't really get too bent out of shape of them. But to completely contradict myself, those are the most atrocious uniforms ever. They look like a soccer jersey. It looks like a soccer polo. It looks like I'm going golfing. I'm not going golfing. I'm playing in the Midsummer Classic, for God's sakes. What the hell are we doing here? I don't want to wear that thing, and I've, the players should be pissed. What is that thing? It's awful. It's terrible. It, it, I agree. It really, it really is. And I, I'm with you, Declan. Like, we shouldn't be, who cares? Uh, ultimately, like, we shouldn't be, be getting worked up about this. But I do like to see all the, the, the jerseys yes. represented. Like, yeah. they just wear your normal jerseys. I think that's like like a that. great look. Uh, and, and it's not like that's not marketable. Like they're trying to do MLB is trying to engage in marketing and appeal to, to kids, but they have absolutely no clue how to do it. It's like <laughs> embarrassingly bad. It, it's just, it's just, it's just everything they do marketing wise is bad. Rob Manfred has overseen such a train wreck. It's like they're a parody of themselves yes. at times. It, it really is like, just get, get your, Get it together for like workshop these with somebody under the age of fifty. Like, is this a good uniform? Like, yes. does this look like something you would buy? No. Okay. Well, maybe we should just have them wear <laughs> their normal uniforms. Like, it, this isn't that hard. And this is why MLB is—I don't want to say dying, but why it's certainly uh, <laughs> losing not, a lot of steam. You could I probably mean, say that. You could probably. I mean, they're not in good shape. And I and I hate to say that because it's my favorite sport by far. I love baseball, but like. The amount of the number of mistakes that they make is just one after another, and and it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's for sure. With this, with the labor talks coming, and that segues perfectly into our last topic of the talking <laughs> twin show. Speaking of bad decisions, all right. So I was there on Saturday afternoon in the press box. So I did not pay to get, 
to get in. So I'm not complaining on behalf of Judd Zolgad. Uh, but the radar looked bad. And by the time I got there, 45 minutes or so before first pitch, there was nobody on the field or in the dugouts. And it was pretty clear we weren't going to play baseball. Um, they postponed first pitch. And then they eventually postponed the entire game. I live in St. Louis Park. I probably live 12 minutes or so driving distance from the ballpark. And we got a little bit of drizzle and rain. A little bit. A little bit. Not a lot. So the Twins basically postponed a game in which fans were in the stands buying beer, had paid for parking. And it appeared that they had known for quite a while that they were going to postpone the game. Our guy, Royce, wrote and said that he thinks it was Baldelli who had used a bullpen game on Friday basically wanting to and probably getting agreement from Terry Francona, the skipper of the Indians, to manipulate the pitching staffs a little bit more so that they wouldn't have to be shorthanded pitching-wise. I will say this. From a business standpoint, I don't get this at all. You had people in the ballpark. You have played through much worse. You, I, this whole thing of, of we're not going to start a game because it might rain or it looks like it's going to rain to me is absolutely brutal because first and foremost, you're a business. You're trying to play games, right? To make money. Um, I, I get the fact that baseball ops might object to that and baseball ops might say, but our pitching, our pitching, our pitching, I honestly don't care about that. And like, if you use as many bullpen games as we now see around the bigs, you obviously don't care too because bullpen games are just essentially made up pitching staffs. So I found this to be, and this is not the first time the Twins have pulled this stunt, but I find turning your ballpark into the world's biggest bar and knowing full well that you're not going to play a game uh, because you're trying to save pitching. It's another thing, Jake. You nailed it. Baseball doesn't get it. They just don't get it. And and now what makes this worse is you're going to play a double header, I believe, September 14th. It's going to be a split, a split one. So you're going to charge two separate admissions to two seven-inning games. Like, tell me how any of this is a good idea. Yeah, this actually really pisses me off. And it, and the Twins are far from the only team that does this. I'm sure yes. every team has examples of this. But it really pisses me off because it's one thing to do things like manipulate service time for guys like Buxton and Kirilov. That pisses me off, too, but it's more out of principle. Like, Buxton and Kirilov were first-round picks. They signed, you know, they got multimillion-dollar signing bonuses. But when you start screwing over, like, hardworking, everyday fans – I mean, there were a lot of fans at that game that I'm sure that was like their only game that they were going to as a family all year, you know, and that that really pisses me off on a different level because these these are your fans. You're having a terrible season, first of all. But even if you weren't like to to bring them in and not make any announcement, like I get that the radar show that there could be rain. I, I get that. But it sounds like there wasn't really any information. Is that correct, Judd? You were there. There wasn't really any information posted in the lead up to the game None. that there, that it might be delayed. Like at the very least, put up something, put it on Twitter, put it on the scoreboard, saying there's a possibility this game could be delayed, and get the word out to people before they drive and pay for parking, you know, and let them make that decision. And and you know, if the game ends up getting played, then maybe you give them tickets to a future game or whatever. There's certainly going to be plenty of seats available. 
in September to give them, you know, a, a ticket to it. But like to bring them in, knowing, you know, there weren't any players on the field warming up, right? I, I know Maeda yes. went out very briefly and then came back in. Like that to me was manipulative and you're manipulating just everyday people. Like if I was, if I was taking my family to that game and paid a bunch of money for parking and, and went in knowing that thinking the game was on and you, you buy some beers, maybe you buy a, you know, a, a jersey for your kid or whatever. And then they announce it at eight minutes after game time or whatever that the game's like, that's, that's BS to me. It really is. And they, they deserve to get criticized for that and ripped for that. I, I read Royce's column. I thought it was good. I don't know if that was Baldelli's call or not. Um, and again, I get that it was a difficult decision with the radar. My issue is communicate that to people. Just be truthful. Right. Just say we may play this game and we may not. It's a little bit up in the air and let people make their own decision. But to just bring them in, you know, and, and have them spend all this money and, and then make the announcement, that, that just rubbed me the wrong it way. It was very weird. It was very weird. And and the, the thing that, that sent up a red flag with me was the fact that, again, there was nobody in the dugouts or on the field. So it's not like they were stretching. Now, it's, you know, if they pull the players off the field, then it's like, okay, I guess I, I sort of get this being the normal machinations of what is going to be a delay or postponed game. But in this case, it looked like they had both agreed we ain't playing, and it was very well thought out of how they're going to delay things and wait on things. And, you know, so, something else, too, if Baseball Ops told me that and I run the Twins, I'm going to say, guys, these two teams stink. Like, just play the game. It's one thing if you're manipulating things because this game might come back to bite you in the ass, right? I right. sort of get that one. Okay, that's competitive. But this is two bad teams trying to save arms? Like, what are you doing? Just play the game. Okay, you play five. Like, that's the only thing is if you can get if you can get through five, and this is why I feel that there should be a must-start rule of some of something, Jake, because I think if you feel that you can get through five, you get through five and then you're done. And that's fine too. I don't care there. Uh, but this was just such a, this was such a move that reeked of, well, we take the, you know, we got to do It's like, no, you don't. And I'm just so tired now of hearing about pitching. Well, our pitchers will be burned. Out. I don't care. Like you're, it's baseball. They're supposed to be. Yeah, and you made your own bet on that. You had a bullpen game uh, the previous day, and so start, you have to start calling the consequence. <laughs> sure, so you yeah. might give a crap. Like, but I mean, like, that, these fans wanted to see a game. Yeah, and and it gets at a larger issue, which we don't have to get into a bunch now. But like, the price of going to a game for just a basic family of four or whatever Ooh. has gone way up over the last decade or so. You know, like it's it's hard for these families to to afford to go. And so that's why it really pisses me off to, to bring them in knowing or, or having a, at least a strong inclination that you're never going to play and not making an announcement about it. Like if they made some announcement, then I'll apologize for that. But I didn't see no, anything didn't. Nope. on Twitter or anything to suggest that they did. So they like, did not. that's not till later. And, and, th- and those fans aren't going to come back. A, a lot of those fans I'm sure are pissed off, you know, like it's, it's just, it's bad business and it's just manipulative as hell. And, and, they should they should they should give those fans something you know they should they should give well, them Well, they'll a, say well they they can come to a different well, game I but know, that's but I that's know. not the point once they're there and, not, and what you're no. saying which is make an announcement quicker you know yeah. tell them what's going on which ordinarily I believe they do like I've been there before and they'll say immediately today's game is going to be delayed but but it just looks so bad when it never rains when you could have started and I don't want to hear you whining about your players Especially when the, both teams don't deserve that. 
Yeah, and, and the rescheduled game, and I don't know the policy. It's possible you can use that to, that ticket to get uh, any game you want. But the rescheduled game is on a Tuesday in like the middle of the day when all these it's kids any, that yeah. were, it's for any game. It's for any game. But but right. my problem is this, and this is a baseball problem. I am okay as a fan with the shortened double dips. Like it doesn't, I'm not going to sit here and whine and moan. You get through two games quicker. I get all that. Again, it's all about pitching really. But baseball should pass a rule that as long as this is the policy that you have to play straight double headers. This split stuff doesn't work with two shortened games. That's BS. That's that's robbery. And and nobody, you know, no player likes playing two games at different times. So, like, no. this doesn't benefit anybody but the bottom line. Yes. Um, they and, should, and they so should you abolish should, the split doubleheader. Yes. And, and, and everyone would say yes. Yay. That's great. As, aside from the business department. But, I mean, when you're looking at... Uh, you know, when you play them straight through, I think it's 25 minutes to a half hour between games. It's fantastic. It bang, bang, they get done. Uh, but yes, baseball should come through. Baseball should pass rules. One is if it ain't raining, you're starting. Don't care about your pitchers. And the second one is as long as we're going to play seven inning games, they need to go straight through. We're not going to have one start at 12.05 and one start at 7.05. So real quick, one of my one of my best memories from childhood is uh, the twins are playing, I think the A's in a, a, a traditional doubleheader. Um, and my mom dropped me and my friend off. I was like 10 years old. She dropped us off at the Metrodome at like noon. We were there for like eight hours. You know, it was, it was just one nine inning game followed 30 minutes later by the next. It was fantastic, you know, and that obviously I wasn't drinking. I was like 10, <laughs> but like that, you know, that that's fun for everybody. Like fun for kids. You get to just, you know, roam around, do whatever. If you're, yep. if you're, 21 you can just get hammered all day like the, what's wrong with that that so what so you lose a little bit of money on 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 you know not having the split like that that's ridiculous and that ballpark is going to be empty in september ain't no one going right. exactly exactly it's going to be cold they're going to be out of contention yeah it's terrible all right sir i will talk to you next monday yeah another positive talking uh, twin. Talking white so- bring on the white socks bring on those white socks talk to you appreciate it guys all right see ya whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.